everyone. Hello. So welcome to episode two of our podcast. We will be talking about the assessment of motor speech disorders. So basically, a motor speech assessment helps us as speech language pathologists observe speech ability of a client across various speech attempts using stimuli that vary in length and complexity and are systematically organized in a hierarchical fashion. So the reason why we conduct motor speech assessment uh, is because it allows us to diagnose the type of motor speech disorder that a patient may have. It allows for further assessment if needed. We can look at the prognosis as well as our intervention and management plan for our patient. So we're going to run through the protocol for an examination for or assessment for motor speech disorder. And every assessment starts with our case history. So when we look at the case history, we can get lots of different information. The type of information that we can get includes the facts about the onset in the course of the disorder, the associated deficits of the disorder, the patient's awareness of the symptoms. So does the patient know that they have these symptoms? and the perceptions of their deficit, the degree of disability or handicap caused by the problem, this is like the consequences uh, due to the disorder. And lastly, we can have a look at what kind of things have been done so far by the patient or other healthcare professionals that have been used to manage the disorder. So now we're going, after the case history, we're going to be doing assessment of non-speech functions. This is an OSME. There are, there is um, a standardized OSME called the Dworkin Culata Oral Mechanism Examination, but there are other commercial and non-commercial formats. So when we're doing an OSME, we are looking for weakness, asymmetry, and incoordination of the muscle controlling jaw movement. We're also evaluating sequential motion rates, also known as SMRs, using p p p and mm-hmm, listening for pace and rate of production, articulatory precision, weakness intensity, disintegration of rate of production, and or the even loudness of pitch. We're also going to evaluate muscle controlling of the lip and facial movements with a number of non-speech tasks. This is things like puckering lips or um, smiling as wide as you can. These also um, these apply to speech effects. It applies to the speech because it affects integrity of pharyngeal, palatal, and laryngeal musculature. During our OSME, we are also going to look for evidence of dysphagia and drooling. We can examine palatal musculature at rest and during forceful phonation of ah, paying special attention to uvula, symmetry of palatal movement, fatigue, and fatigue on extended phonation. We're going to evaluate resonance features with or without the nasal clip a mirror test for nasal airflow. A mirror test is when the mirror is held close to the mouth and a person breathes and you can see the um the mist the mirror misting up. Yeah. 
We're also going to look for tongue atrophy, fasciculations, or other abnormal involuntary movements. After all of this, we can check the range, speed, strength, and symmetry of non-speech tongue movements. We can also do alternating motion rates using PETA-CUR. And as with every other speech testing, we're also going to look for blurring of articulation, pace or rate abnormalities, unevenness in loudness and pitch. Which also brings us to prosody. Prosody includes rhythm, rhythmic pauses, loudness, fluctuations, intonation and stress patterns. It's mostly expressed by changes in pitch, loudness and duration. There are two tests that I'm going to tell you um, for prosody. One is the profiling elements of prosody in speech communication, which measures both receptive and expressive prosody in both children and adults across a variety of domains, making it the assessment that covers the widest range of prosodic abilities. However, it is mostly used by researchers as limited normative data takes a lot of time. And the second standardized test is for profiling elements of prosody in speech communication. This test is the most prestigious due to the assessment of perceptual and expression areas standardized for typically and atypically developing children. It has also been translated into several languages and it has high psychometric properties. The next thing we're going to be looking at is perceptual analysis of speech, which is basically a speech sample which uh, will be uh, recorded through an audio or videotape. So in order to do this, we can look at vowel pro prolongation. We can also look at alternating motion rates and sequential motion rates, which we talked about before. We can do this using speech syllables and words such as puppy and butterfly. We can also uh, ask our patient to read a standard passage. We can also get a narrative by giving them a pictured scene. We can also have a conversation sample and a complex multisyllabic words and sentences. These will all be looked at, as well as whether they can repeat days of the week, months, CVC syllables with identical initial and final consonants, and also sing familiar tunes. So the next thing that we're going to look at is the intelligibility assessment. So we do a intelligibility assessment because Reduced speech intelligibility is a frequent side effect of motor speech problems. Assessing intelligibility is extremely important because when we speak, we all want to be understood. But this begs the question, how would we understand and assess the failure to comprehend someone else's message? Calculating the proportion of words a listener can understand from a conversational speech sample is one of the most accurate and reliable assessment methods for evaluating conversational speech intelligibility. We can also assess the rate of intelligibility using one of the following scales. Assessment of intelligibility of dysarthric speech, Frenchet dysarthria assessment, word intelligibility test, Tchaikovsky's test of intelligibility, or the situational intelligibility survey. 
Okay, so lastly, we're going to look at cognitive communication impairments because a person with a motor speech disorder may also present with a cognitive communication disorder. The cognitive communication checklist for an acquired brain injury can be used as a screening tool to detect cognitive communication issues. If there is a reason to further assess, then Sahara is going to tell you about the assessments that you can use for cognitive communication disorders. So the assessment tools that you can use to assess are the Montreal Cognitive Assessment, Scales of Cognitive Ability for Traumatic Brain Injury, Cognitive Linguistic Quick Test, Functional Assessment of Verbal Reasoning and Executive Strategies, and lastly, Assessment of Language-Related Functional Activities. Okay, so now that we're done with our assessment, what we're going to do is make appropriate referrals. And if there is a need for further intervention, um, we will try and see which, multi, which specialists will be included in our multidisciplinary team. After our assessment is completed, we can also use our findings and results to determine an intervention plan or a management strategy for a patient. This can be used or this can be done when looking at the results and determining a suitable diagnosis for our patient. Our role as speech pathologists would also be to inform the multidisciplinary team of our role as a speech therapist and the needs of the, of the patient, as well as what uh, our plan for intervention would be. It is important not to forget that part of the MDT is the patient themselves, so we need to let the patient know the assessment results if possible as well as the patient's family or caregivers. So we need to tell the caregivers the results of the assessments as well as the appropriate diagnosis, and we can counsel them within our scope of practice. That's it for today for assessment, guys. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We'll see you again next week. Yes, we'll see you again next week when we talk about the management of motor speech disorders. Thank you so much.